Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. JD Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in store. And now save fifty percent on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For JD Power twenty twenty three award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to this SmackDown review. I'm Michael Hamford from What Culture and I'm joined by Michael Sidrick from What Culture to discuss everything that happened on Friday's edition of Da Blue Brand. Yeah. But first, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure to subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music and YouTube. <sighs> For daily wrestling podcasts where we not only preview and review SmackDown but also Raw, the show formerly known as NXT 2.0, oh! AW Dynamite, AW Collision, and they said Rampage there. We've no. just done Collision, that'll be on your feed soon. Pay per views, premium live events, hold wrestler interviews, have roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. Sige, no Adam Wilborn today, he's enjoying a well earned locked inside his own house. Um, and a bit of a weird SmackDown for us to cover. Some absolutely huge and awesome newsworthy moments on a tribute to the Troop show with not a lot of actual action as a result of that. So a bit of a strange one that you've been drafted in for here. Yeah, it's just odd. Just odd. The actual experience of watching SmackDown, it's like, how do you get away with this? <laughs> There's minimal in-ring action that is just not great. Yeah. The amount of pre-recorded material. Mm. So they should be looking into this contract. Uh, we, are, we, they, we, sh- we should be getting X live minutes in your sports-adjacent DVR-proof product that we kind of have to get the rights for because TV overall is dying. Mm. So many adverts and video packages. It was good because I don't need to see this, so I'm going to skip it. It was super low on stuff. You know, we're not going to sit here and review much super low troop content, you know, but then the things that did happen, I don't know, like... I was thinking they'd got the balance just right here, because normally, if I'm honest, like... Not to announce States Welcome, which for me is numero uno objective. Yeah, like, how do we... Not This is not even a Brits versus Yanks thing. I think Tribute to the Troops is a nice thing that is done for an audience that likes this nice thing. But typically, you're even sort of told by WWE, you're not told not to watch, but you're just sort of told... It's a baby faces go over type of week. It's yeah. not for even you, the TV viewer. It's for barely the, canon. Yeah, uh, yeah. Most of the time, it's barely canon, and it's for like a lot of the people that you see, the service men and women that have got their tickets and they go along with their families and all that. And there was elements of that, but as we'll get into, oh my yeah, some pretty enormous. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> here's the next year of your life. Enjoy it. Huge, yeah. If you're into that sort of thing, um, which you I, are. 
And like, as if to sort of kick it off, just this standard edition of SmackDown starts with the God Bless America by the Warren Treaty, right? So anyway, uh, I'm just not going to touch most of that sort of stuff, really. But we start with um, Santos Escobar versus Dragon Lee. I'll apologise in advance for not uh, being the recapper that Adam Wilborn is, but thankfully it was solo and rest and it wasn't that big. Yeah, exactly. I only went five minutes or something. This time around. Um, yeah, so this is Santos Escobar versus Dragon Lee. Oh, it's, the, it's gone up. Hey, we've been freezing cold in the studio this morning. So if you hear any beeping halfway through, it's because Sid has gone to reset Dahita. Um, which, if you ask me, could have been uh, required <laughs> in this building. It was <laughs> yeah, really boring yeah. match between Santos and Dragon Lee. It was uh, these two, right? I get it. I just don't have that great chemistry. No, so, no, 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 no. Survive Series match. You put this in a New Japan ring and it kicks ass. Maybe. You put this in an AEW ring and it kicks ass. Uh, 2023? Yeah. Uh, maybe I d- I'm not so sure. Um, the chemistry was fine, I there, think but the problem w- might be the Fed. It never, the... I've never known that to be the problem ever. So check your facts. Are you sure? The, the um, it's infamously the. I'm not even going to talk. I get that, right? I get that. Let, but let's have a conversation because there was nothing from the match. No, there's nothing. Let's have a big macro broad conversation, yeah. please. We'll have a chat because there's nothing to talk about from the match here. So Dominic Mysterio comes out. He's obviously set to defend his title against Dragon Lee at deadline, which then when you see the finish of this match kind of foreshadowed where we thought it might go yeah. on a deadline with a, with a title change because basically Dragon Lee got an out here. Like this is a US title tournament match where the winner gets Logan Paul. Uh, Dragon Lee is a like a pushed commodity more so currently... Uh, in NXT because of the Mysterio thing, but he's had a decent run on SmackDown, and then Santos Escobar just uh, beats him clean with the Phantom Driver after, like, what, like, seven or eight minutes of what we saw on TV with the ad yeah. break in between. Um, very little in the way of what we've had of Dragon Lee's, like, super dialed in, right, you know what, I'm going to make this Fed run work, I'm going to do what I can within their confines. He's done it on TV quite a few times, and yet, I don't know, I feel like I've seen it twice against Santos and not really felt it. Right, I think that the idea that if you go to WWE as a good wrestler, your good wrestling is fated to die or fated to be compromised and to be bittersweet because you cannot be the best version of yourself. (sighs) There's a nonsense to that Mm -hmm. because obviously Danielson, Brian Danielson, isn't going to bleed. He isn't going to have a match like he did against ZSJ, but he doesn't become this sort of eerie, broad pastiche of himself. He learns the rhythms of sports entertainment and becomes wonderful at it because he's a genius. He's one of the guys that made it actually feel like a genre. Yes, yes. But you don't get... If the take is WWE, you put these wrestlers in a WWE ring and they automatically have a worse match than they would in PWG, AEW, New Japan, whatever. Mm-hmm. I think there's a truth and a lie to that. Uh, Gunther still kicks ass. Um, he's not blackening anyone's chests. No. Um, Brian Danielson has that match with AJ Styles at TLC, which is as intricate a technical wrestling match as you'll see most places. The PWG example is probably best served with Zayn and Owens, isn't it? Yes. They've... Cracked it. They've kind of cracked it, yet it's not as hog wild. There's still very much a philosophy of you kind of have to earn it. Yeah. If you become one of our most trusted lieutenants, um, like Danielson did over time, you can have that Lesnar match, for example, mm-hmm. where it's like vicious as all hell. And he has he lays those forearms into CM Punk's jaw like he did it over the limit 2012. And I'm not saying it never happens, but I'm saying it's an uphill struggle to get there. And they're not going to, nine times out of ten, let you have the very best matches you are capable of 
at least for like a couple of years. Mm. And I think Dragon Lee is in that spot where it's like, save something, save something. This is a content factory. Mm. It is. You might think it's a great one. Yeah. I might think it can get pretty boring. But it is fundamentally a content factory with the idea being it's TV. Mm. You don't have to go that nuts. And I'm not saying that every TV match is a bit bland. But I am saying that I just get the feeling there's a glimpse of something here. And again, the backdrop's not ideal. as a deeply casual audience. And they only got eight minutes at Survivor Series. I'm convinced that these two, to be honest, I'm not the highest guy in the world on Santos Escobar's ability to do five-star matches. But mm. happily, he's a totally cool guy. Yeah. He's got, he's handsome as all hell. He's his matches are charisma things at the moment. Find yeah. the camera, glare at yeah. him. Yeah. He's got all right. sorts of presence. He's got things more important, particularly in the era of our Lord 2023, yeah. than great matches. Um, but I do think that this was... Who cares, lads? <laughs> Go out there for five minutes, do your finish, and get the hell out. There was a glimpse of it. There's this awesome move where Dragon Lee, and the timing of this leads me to believe that I'm right and you're wrong. <laughs> He's about to do these unbelievable vertical leap, actually do a head scissors mm-hmm. where he's trying to clasp his head around um, the neck of his opponent and feel like with some talk that he's dragging them to hell. Not just, you do the flip where my legs go around you a bit. Yeah. It looks like I'm dragging you down there. And then as Escobar goes, nope, powerbomb on the apron. I mean, what a SmackDown rolls on second. Yeah, I know. I mean, <laughs> that move and the execution of it leads me to believe if it's Super Dragon hiring these two in a different timeline yeah. and saying, oh, you've got 15 minutes, uh, these snobs and Reseda want you to go banana in there, mm-hmm. do it. I think they could just blow people away. Um, yeah, I think it is a cultural thing within the company, and maybe in two years' time, if these guys continue to get as over as they are kind of getting, this looks night and day. Um, but we've wasted more time than anyone else will ever spend <laughs> on this. And midway through the match, um, they were getting JBL chance. Maybe that says a lot about the audience there. And I'm not saying one way or the other. I'm just saying that they weren't necessarily, they weren't necessarily the kind of audience who will go. Where was this filmed? Uh, Providence, Rhode Island. Oh. Let's go to uh, let's go to California. Yeah, let's go to the Globe Theatre. No, it's that's fair enough. WG, you know what I mean. It's just not that kind of crowd. That's worth me pointing out. Actually, JBL on commentary. Michael Cole made a point when the show started that he'd been he kind his of brain come child. up with tribute to the troops. He's been at every single one. Um, so yeah, the fans were keen to see him. JBL on commentary like wasn't the worst. Wasn't his usual quite as obnoxious as normal self. Uh, he had at one point compared um, Dominic Mysterio to Nelson Mandela and Gandhi as prisoners that have been able to go on and lead fruitful lives after their time inside. And uh, Dominic Mysterio didn't really do much here to set up the distraction. He kind of like dragonly glared at him a little bit and then just got caught with a fan. Yeah. But he had a better match with Dominic Mysterio at the line, which we will cover as part of the NXT preview later this well. week. Uh, next we go to uh, SmackDown's newest signing, uh, Randy Orton. There's a clip of him, RKO in the GM, forget his name, last week. Actually, I won't do that because he... Don't like it, do you? Do I don't know. Hey, all right. Well, we'll maybe get to him at the end. But uh, anyway, he's backstage with Randy Orton, uh, who is basically doing a bit of exposition, saying, "I'm not mad keen on teaming with LA Knight, but it gets me a little bit closer to Bloodline, so that's fine." Um, and then Orton hands over the fine, and SmackDown GM says, "Ah, oh, it was uh, only a, a fifty grand." Like, you give I me, really like this line. You give me a hundred, and Orton says, that's the next one, and just walks out. Yeah. Jacked, that's funny. Jacked banter Orton, and we'll get to this later, is kind of awesome. RPO. <laughs> Randy Patter Orton. I love this. This is the most I've ever liked him, I think. He's he's riding, like, I thought, you must agree with me on this, I thought the wave of momentum that Randy Orton rode at War Games would last 
the duration of his first segment back on Raw. Nah. I thought, nah, it's a different WWE. These people love him. Well, I think I do too. <laughs> like, he's just he's got the big arms. He's having a bit of a laugh with everything. He puts in little weird character quirks, not just now once in a blue moon, pretty much before he does anything yeah. and everything. And it will run out, but I'm, I don't think it will. I'm on the hype train for as long as I... Like, I, think, I think the Roman match will be uh, kind of a disaster, actually, because Roman has changed his style, and Autumn will have no problem with that. And I don't think they can do the, uh, the Roman sit-about match. Like... I think Orton will remember. I think like, Orton can patter it up. Do you reckon? Yeah. I think you're like sort of I'm remembering who I was, and he'll grab hold, and it'd be like, "It's in a stadium, lads. Come on, get moving a bit." I've got I don't idea. know. Maybe this was funny. Like this is a that's a nice touch. Like like sort of look what you've done. You've invited. I continue to enjoy the SmackDown GM. I, his name escapes me as well. I yeah. don't know how to do this bit, so I'm gonna just I leave it. John Castro, stay tuned. We've got loads of tribute to the troop stuff here. And it's all like... So for this bit, am I just going to keep pretending that I don't know his name? Yeah, that'll work. And then I'll just, if I remember to fire it off at the end. Okay. It's, it's, it's great. It's really, really over and effective. Yes. Uh, much like Cody Rhodes, who was... He once wrestled the guy whose name escapes me it all in 2018, the he first... He did. There is law between these two men, which is presumably how he was given a free pass to this very special edition of SmackDown. The commentators talk about how there's... Uh, They're all very special to you, aren't they? That's it. There's, uh, there's, there's troop law within, uh, within the Rhodes family. He says Sorry, it's a, a day starting in Fry. <laughs> <laughs> God, I love the Fed name. Like, they just see yeah, CM Punk at the gym watching Night 5 Superstars. Uh, uh, the Fed gym. Yeah. I was like, he's got, I love the idea of him getting the remote. And just, um, Santa um, Claus with an X. <laughs> yeah, yes, please. Might have ordered a Christmas jumper where Santa's in black so it looks like Santa. Maybe. Yeah, they do. That's not even a catchphrase. That's a shoot. <laughs> I actually found one with a black and red Santa Claus on it. Yeah. Like, yeah. He's pissing in the snow, Sage. Uh... Aye, he's just basically there to put over the troops and shout. Now, this is interesting, this, because he, Cody Rhodes, says nothing of note other than to say thank you to everybody for the troops. And then he says, I want to play a video and show some of the best bits of WWE. And it was predominantly uh, stuff that John Cena had done in all the years that he'd been there. And then when it kind of cuts back to Cody Rhodes, he then throws to the United States Army drill team and there's gun stuff. Eh, nice. Nice for those people. Yeah, well, yeah. Cody, yeah. They're, they're again telling you it's him now. Oh, yeah. Like, th- this was obviously designed to say, you know what John Cena used to do? Uh, get as just as hyped. You love Cody just as much, if not more, actually, the troops. Yeah. So, that, like, I thought that was quite pointed, but he said nothing of note until later on in the show when Jesus Christ. Yes. Um, speaking of troops, there's a guy called Brad Nestler who's calling, like, an Army-Navy football match, and he's there ringside. And that only really matters because you've got Bobby Lashley pretty much squashing carrying Cross. Jesus Christ, now this. Montez Ford was a veteran, so was Bobby Lashley. So Bobby Lashley, by the way, who is just getting these, like, big week in front of the troops, ex-Army, so they were going to love him. They love Montez Ford as well. But Bobby Lashley is getting some of, like, the biggest responses every single week at the moment. And I'm pretty sure they're just going to abandon the uh, Street Profits heel turn with him because people are just pleased to see Lashley. There's a strange... Uh, backlash pop for Carlito effect for everything in Bobby Lashley's career at the moment. I don't know if, like, a bunch of fans... Like, what we would be... He's a former co- Marine as well. Well, I know, in this building, but this is happening everywhere. Aye. And I wonder, like, so, like, for our, like, millennial taste, when AEW launches and goes, have that, have that, have that, have that. And we've now entered the era where, like, there's a load of, like, ECW 2006 truthers. That are like, All we need now is Simon Dean. Finally, Lashley's getting his run. So, like, like, you know when you think, oh, is Adam Cole one too many? Really? Yeah. Just Scott Punk and Danielson. Well, you know... Hey, it's wrestling Christmas. We'll take yeah. we'll take all three because I'm hardcore. Everyone's just like, all it needs is Simon Dean, and maybe it's one too many. <laughs> 
Yeah, I loved Simon Dean, mate. It was funny, wasn't it? Class. Funny, good gimmick. Uh, aye, there was just, there was now to this. Uh, Lashley pretty much tries to get the Hurt Lock on from the start. He nails um, a couple of suplexes. We go to the break. We come back. Cross has gained control of the match in the break, but then loses it almost immediately when the camera's back on. So that tells you everything yes. you need to know. Uh Jesus, I just blinked and this was just finished. <laughs> he just, like, flattens It's already with, easy to drift away as well when it's carrying cross in there. Aye, that's it. Flattens him with suplex and, uh, and beat him with a spear, ultimately. Uh, as I say, like, the Street Profits come out with uh, Lashley at the end and they all got a big cheer and that's all very nice. Um, you see highlights of Bailey. Um, inadvertently costing Kyrie Sane last week and the continuing problems with damage Katarl, obviously, but in reality, she's the one that's doing right by them, and they're all blaming her. Um, she says sorry to them and um, volunteers to stay uh, back in the locker room for Asuka's match against Charlotte Flair. Eosky says something to Dakota Kai, yes. which we don't know, but Dakota kind of pulls her face and says, man, she's absolutely just buried you there, but says, eh, we just think it'd be nice if you stay backstage to this. Divide is continuing, and I, I guess think Bailey looks like an asshole. I Realistically. Think, I think he's going to make this baby face turn work. The thing know? is, it's... Like, Typical Triple H. Yeah. Where he's going to do something where you're like, what's this for? If anything, that's for that, and that's good. Yeah, the, the main moment when like, the two men come back is, what am I If you're watching this and you're Bailey and you're watching it back, or you're in the moment experiencing this in your life as a character or whatever, yeah. how how do you not know yeah. <laughs> that they are taking the piss out of you and are like pretty much campaigning to boot you out? Yeah, it's a, but it's a like a, as far as recovery jobs go, it's one of the best this year because if you remember when Bailey I thought was, totally, I thought it was Pam and Patrol running interference, Pam. Yeah, running interference as a heel. It was just like, what do you want me to think? Like I would kick her out. She's useless. Yeah. and at least they've managed to flip that now, where she's trying hey, to hey, help. Hey, if they can recapture that Bailey 2015 magic, we're in wrestling saved. Especially, Manet. I loved I loved that character so much. Man, it signs back on, and it's increasingly looking like she probably should. She probably should. Oh, like, our word. Let's get that again. If I'm a Mercedes Man, yeah. Why would I go to AEW? Smart call, isn't it? Just Why would I go to AEW? Yeah. Um, speaking of uh, not going to AEW, Michael Sidgwick, here comes an old guy you might know, old friend of ours. <laughs> and Mr. CM Punk, I'm going to butcher this because I can't do this. I can't do the drum you lose. <laughs> Right, it's the punker. Uh, immediately... Gets across everything and like slices Bruce Pritchard's throat. Uh, it's the top of the hour, so I'm not going to get my time cut. So you can cheer my name all you want. Got it. Already. Uh, not my fault. Yeah, actually. Uh, the words of a Mr. Bruce Pritchard. Uh, he explains that uh, this was brilliant. He explains that Adam Pearce was trying to sign him a Raw. And uh, guys, here in SmackDown, I think the Raw fans are a little bit louder. So SmackDown has no way the loudest fans. Say a bug. Say a bug. And he says, I'm glad you're chanting my name because you guys, uh, all I'm saying is you guys are going to play a part in where I sign. Maybe I'll uh, sign. I think he suck then because he's going to go to Raw. Much, <laughs> Maybe I'll sign for SmackDown. I'm going to go and have a chat with the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels. And oh boy, did he do that promo of the year on SmackDown. Absolute car crash of the year on Saturday. Loved them both equally. Uh, this is uh, this was pure cinema, Sid. So you know why that is? Because this is CM Punk the movie. It's all about his frigging life at this point. Uh, he asks the fans if he wants to, if they want him to throw 29 pieces of trash out the ring at the Royal Rumble, uh, climb on a top rope and point at a sign because I'm fancying going to WrestleMania. I love, sorry, in case I forget to say this, and I know I'm stepping on your dick and interrupting your flow, just the way he completely trivializes that and make, positions himself so above the cliche, and yet gets a cliche in at the same time. He's, he's trying to work this a couple a, of masters, and he's doing it. A tightrope walk for the ages yeah. in the punker, and you're just like, how long is it going to be before he falls off? I want to watch. Yeah. Uh, so, like, he says, um, like, uh, I heard, I heard rumors 
from the most chronically online man we've ever known, that some people weren't too happy with the uh, the happy smiley version of CM Punk. He's read every single tweet. Uh, so instead of uh, what do you want to talk about, who do you want me to talk about? And we're like, everybody, please. So he says, well, let's start with Cody Rhodes. It's his catchphrase. Uh, I've got a few stories about Cody Rhodes. Maybe we'll get to that another day. And I'm like, uh, already have done more than AEW, and Jesus Christ, there's more to come, including me. Uh, and then he says, let's yeah. talk about somebody that's never here. Let's talk about Roman Reigns. Huge gas. Oh, crowd. my Huge God. Crowd. Oh, my God. He says, uh, he looks down the lens. This is good. This is a man setting up a business world title feeds. He says, uh, I acknowledge you. But just remember who the first Paul Heyman guy was. He was my wise man a long time ago. Look, I know some of your cousins. Shout out to your cousin, main event, Jey Uso. Said some nice things about me. Maybe I'll see him on Raw. But uh, if I have to fight your cousin Jimmy, I will do. Then I've got to deal with Solo, apparently. So who's going to help me? Maybe Randy Orton can help me. Perhaps I've got a friend in, and he puts over the bit, L.A. Knight. Yeah, a big response for that. He says, uh, maybe, maybe Kevin Owens will help me. Yeah, Jesus Christ, the goosebumps are back. He's naming Kevin Owens. And he says, uh, oh, maybe uh, Owens is a bit too prickly. Maybe we're a bit too much alike. And he can says, Kevin Owens thinking that? I don't know, man. I don't know. And he says, quote, I don't know who would feel comfortable teaming with somebody who just punches people in the face backstage. I mean, it's 2023, ladies and gentlemen. You just can't be doing stuff that to people. It's insane. Right. There was absolute crickets for this line. Yeah. Because, uh, and I want to get across this narrative. There was crickets that line because AEW's in the mud. But also, because, and I think this is a worthy conversation, obviously a lot of troops. That troops. Friends and family, all that sort of stuff. There was a punk chant that did break up afterwards, but initially it wasn't like huge laugh, big pop. Oh, like oh, punk, can, he, can can he say that? Punk's pulling the faces, expecting the reactions that yeah, just it's don't. A, come. It's embarrassing, as it is what it is. And then everybody in the building chants his name, so it's like, well, we love you anyway. That line just fell flat. We don't get it. And I saw all the conversation, and I saw all the cup, and people going, <laughs> he got he got like crickets. What a loser! He, it's he like, felt like a megastar in the segment. It's like think about this. He's selling you about fifty pay per views, and all these people in the building want to pay for them all. Apparently, don't care about this thing that in our little bubble is the yeah. biggest story there. What's your take on that? This became discourse. So before we just wrap the promo because it gets better, what was your take on that? I'm going to do a quick take on discourse first, but I'm going to try and just do it quickly because I want to shy away from it. I've been trying to generally. It was just, I, I, I was going to try to leave Twitter. It's annoying. Because either people were like, oh, it's the best promo since the pipe bomb. It wasn't. It was exhilarating. Yeah. But it wasn't that. One, not one of his best ever. And then, oh, my God. The other side of it. One second. One second. What's the matter, Phil? Did he forget your scissors? <laughs> People are absolutely desperate to get that one so out. So gotten to. Like, oh my god, it's oh my god, he's I can't can't swear. He's crapped himself. <laughs> he's crapped himself. Have you seen it? There's brown stuff coming out. Have you see he's crapped his pants. Is that the last time he was on SmackDown? Good law. Uh, you know what I mean? It's like <laughs> Jesus yeah, I, Christ. I, people were showing themselves up. There was a case of this film. So there was that. Nobody laughed at that. And then in the ultimate. <laughs> This is really funny. Stop being a... And I know this is me saying it. I can say, oh, they're doing great business. Mm. And, you know, they're doing a great job of energizing their audience. Right? I lean towards AEW. In yeah. much the same way, I would lean more towards pasta than pizza in an Italian restaurant. Okay. Because you have tastes and preferences. Mm-hmm. You, know, you can like both at the same time. It's actually kind of impossible to like them both equally because that's a matter yes. of taste and preference. That's a matter of taste and preference. It's one thing to do that. It's impossible not to do that, in my opinion. 
Okay. Do you like every movie ever made by every single mo- uh, studio writer and director? No. No. <laughs> because that's impossible, right? You know, do you see where I'm going with it? Yep. It's one thing to have tastes and preferences, and it's one thing to lean more towards AEW, which I do for my sensibilities. It's another to go, ha, in the mud. In the mud. Ha. Did you see the Dave Meltzer wrestle takes thing? Yeah. So if you haven't seen this on Twitter, great account, worth a follow if you've decided to lower yourself to that app like I have for my sins. Where apparently Dave Meltzer's gone, oh, there's only 8,000 tickets out for Elimination Chamber in Perth, Australia. Um, turns out he'd read the wrong tab on the spreadsheet. Uh, maybe Tony Khan should have helped him flip his cells and rows around. Um, yeah. Because he's gone for like he's gone for like available tickets eight k and just misread that as tickets distributed eight k and then people going it's <laughs> like the Fed ain't so hot it's either sold thirty thousand tickets and they're doing great guns stuff just don't yeah. do that if you get this film because you you there's crap on your pants and read I think what you've done is you've really shown your ass then guess what there's crap coming out of it see it and it was like the most AEW centric line. Oh, God, no. So there's a cell phone buried within it about like the yeah he didn't get the thing because what to to a bunch of people it was too small to know about Aye. like that's in I, general I, I get that people want him to take L's I understand it's the cult of personality cuts both ways he's rude AW for me and I'm still like, not on there for like, like <laughs> ah yeah it's cra- if you look closely there's crap coming out of him he's embarrassed himself oh oh I'd hate to be you Philip you've really embarrassed yourself <laughs> yeah. just give over and just. Just you don't care. One thing I'll say about this is that he's chronically online. Mm. He knows exactly what everyone said, and he probably felt it in the moment, and he could probably tell that very first appearance, and we said it was crap, it will get better. That was our prevailing take on the role. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Cool fact: A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favourite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful too for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. After his five-minute dead-behind-the-eyes promo, I knew that 
it felt in that moment of, yep, I have to do this and I'm trying to sell people on it, which is difficult because I don't believe myself that I'm home. It's just these circumstances have dictated that I kind of have to come here. What's happened now is that in that moment, he was kind of unable to bring himself to this new reality and he couldn't feel real as a result. Now what's happened is that he spent a few days just being in WWE and now he can go, right, I don't feel weird about this. Right, mm. I can t- turn it on now. I can turn on my character and my role as a fictional character. It's a work. It's a work yeah. on a television program. And he just looked motivated by his own failure to go, oh, crap, am I? And then he's found the magic within and the fire within. Yeah. A fire inside, if you like, nice. to then go, oh, you, oh God, it's good that you thought I sucked because I hate that you said that and I'm going to rub your face in crap. And just go out there and look ecstatic to be there, full of fire, full of piss, full of vinegar. Um, And what I love about this is how much rain has he been given? How Mm. scripted is this? How big are the plans for CM Punk? Because you listen to this promo and you instantly think, well, he's created a rod for WWE's back here. He kind of told you what he wants to do. And... Now he's kind of saying, well, you kind of have to now because if I don't get to this match, people are going to wonder why I was talking about it. Well, this is it. So he wraps it up. So he's talked about Owens. He's talked, you know, about all these people. Says there's one person that isn't happy with his back, but I'm not going to mention that man's name. I'm not going to put any stock in him. You know what I'm talking about. He's got a whiny voice and he's not even the man in his own household. Uh, the (laughs) The fans, to their credit, do the big Seth Rollins song. Oh, my God, to their credit. Like, they realised who they were talking about. No, I mean in the sense that, like, are we like we're going to tell you that we quite like this guy? Okay, you know, we're willing okay. to sort of. Like, okay, not like I I understood that reference. I get that reference. Yeah. No, they were, like we're going to love this, but we're going to like push back a little bit, and then Punk sort of like leans into that and says, "Yes, yeah, sing all you want. That's all he's got." Uh, and if uh, I'll announce where I'm going to sign this coming Monday, so it's like, well, you've just sold Raw as well as all these massive pay per view matches, uh, but. Uh, so everybody talks about finishing stories these days, and I'm back to finish mine. And that means main event in WrestleMania. Jesus Christ, mic drop in the middle of the ring, does a little, throws the ball up, home run, and yeah. leaves. And like, we'll just cover both these follow-up segments, because I feel like it's part of Punk on SmackDown and what a night this was. Goes backstage, immediately bumps into Kevin Owens. and asks After, him, we should mention... Motioning to knock on the bloodline. Yes, dressing sorry. Room. Yes, good catch. Yes, yeah. so he's at the bloodline's dressing room. And he thinks uh, he's. Looking I was really at, subtle, but uh, I looking got at it. his watch, Sage. It's not quite clobbering time. So he's walking down the corridor and he asks where the SmackDown GM's uh, office is. And uh, yeah, um, <laughs> I love this man. I'm just goes nope, and uh, <laughs> just walks off and leaves him. And then, oh my god! So we have a match, which we'll get back to in a second. Uh, we find CM Punk in with the SmackDown general manager. He's been given his contract to look over over the weekend. Uh, stay tuned. We'll get his name eventually. Says, uh, "Oh, I'll take a weekend. Take some time." Looks like thank you very Mick? much. Is it Mick? It's Mick. That's us. Yeah, yeah Michael. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll get we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there I think. And uh, it's one of them weird things where uh, immediately as he walks out of shot, Cody Rhodes walks right in. That's like, where do you come from? And uh, Cody says, uh, I, he's, "I think he's picked up what Punk is putting down with that promo message because he says, uh, sounds like for you to finish your story, you need to win the Royal Rumble.' That's." Uh, that's interesting. What if they're the f- first two? Uh, Can you imagine? I, I, it's all I've been imagining. He leaves, <laughs> he leaves a pause. You're like, where's this going? Mark. Where's this going? And he goes, it's good to have you back, old friend. And he sticks his hand out. And Punk shakes it and says, thanks for having me. And says, I've run out of tissue, smaller crying than the wanking. Like, oh my God. 
What a promo. Bang, 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 bang. Six enormous matches. This week's Raw. They've already put Punk and Kevin Owens on screen together. Do not tell me that's not a sloppy shop down there. Had to have a different show for those guys. We put them on the set. We said, this we said uh, Owens was going to be injured. Nope. They've confronted it night one. Like, that. that's pointed. And then straight away, like, they know how many people felt like this all-time match between the two like the what you you called it before the one that talked about doing it and the one that actually, actually did, it. did it. There was the match. There was the dream match, and it's like, well, we don't even need to give them the match. We just need the visual, and they delivered it. That would be the ultimate. You know, as a my thing, and I do believe it. Good and bad version of everything. Like WWE tends to do a premise and then attach every sort of episodic rhythm to it. Sign a contract, crash your car, beat down, <laughs> um, distraction, roll up in another match. Yeah. Beat down, pull apart, brawl. All they're doing all of these, and you could do this exact angle in every story, just with a different premise. And this is why I hate Cody and Punk. That's the ultimate premise. Don't care what you do afterwards. Mm-hmm. Do not care. You got the ultimate reason to have a wrestling match. Think about what. Like, never would we. How have much dreamed. could WWE tackle that though? Well, I, in a really dickheaded way of, I was the one who needed to change things. And then come back to the big leagues to win the ultimate prize. Yeah, I was the one who did the passion project, the little thing, <laughs> and then come back with the big one, which is the wing and eagle belt. <laughs> I'm so in love. Like the punk Owens thing, instantly I was like, "Oh, go on, Kevin King." But part of me really kind of resents CM Punk <laughs> for being CM Punk in AEW. The first dance, and I've made this point to Wilborn. Was the was the first dance too good? In uh, terms of they'd done such a great job, I don't think I'll ever feel a level of anticipation for anything. Don't get any of this without that. No, any none of this WWE run without that. No, but it's not just that. Just in terms of wrestling promotion and how I'm able to get excited about something, I don't think I'll ever anticipate anything as much as oh, Punk is back and we are doing it in the best possible way and we are making the impossible magic and all the rest of it. And not that, but they basically right, sold out TV taping for the Rampage B show and Punk sells it out on a rumor. They basically almost framed the first dance as, well, this is what everything's built to, the pipe bomb, the formation of AEW. All we needed to do was create a new house yeah. for Punk, open the door, and here he is, and we've completed wrestling. And then mm. it didn't quite go well. And now it's like you're just living in that house it's like, ah, oh, CM Punk's house. Oh, that's you know what I mean? Really, it's a, yeah. It's a bit like that. Um, so what I love, well, I don't love, what I really thought was slyly so intelligent about this, as you pointed out, was, oh, yeah, he couldn't have the matches against the people who he hates, and that's the real tension and the real quiz. Because as nice as something like Punk versus Joe was, as nice as something, and well told as it was, um, with Punk and Ricky Starks. It's not Punk and Omega. No. It's not Punk and Matt Jackson. Punk and Matt Jackson singles building towards CMFTR versus uh, the Elite. Yeah. It ain't that, but it's very much, oh, uh, Seth Rollins has, and I hated this, we called him a cancer, and he hates him, mm-hmm. and CM Punk is basically, for sport, took the piss out of Seth Rollins, sticking his neck on the line for a company that CM Punk, until now, all along was like, I could always be better. It yeah. sucks. Needs to change. And like Punk was just laughing at Rollins for being the little goober mascot stand up for WWE. Yeah. <laughs> so you know Eminently exists there. Right, okay, they're gonna do it. They're telling you they're gonna do it. What a bonus 
like cock on the table. Oh, we'll do Punk and Owens at some point as well, by the way. Mm. After, was it WWE that clever to do, oh, uh, unfortunately, um, Kevin Owens has suffered a really inconveniently timed injury, they got guys. And he's he, he's been suspended or he's not on the show or whatever. We think with the cleverest in the and, room going, oh, here it starts. And then Punk, yeah. and then Punk comes in and it's like, oh, yeah, yep. Seems like you've let a visitor in the house that you shouldn't have. <laughs> oh, sorry. And then the, the interacting on screen, and Kevin Owens could not have performed his role more brilliantly in this segment. Just the disdain. Yep. The absolute disdain of, eh, don't know where it is. Yeah. Get out of my face. I wanted that fight to break out then. I also thought it was telling. So obviously, a lot of, you know, we won't go into it now, but obviously, a lot of the law and the dispute between these two is over. A lot of very real things that happened in the past, including Owens wearing a t shirt, which Punk did not like for various reasons. And, uh, Kevin Owens was wearing a white, like Dusty Rhodes T-shirt. So there's like a I'm uh, I'm with Cody, by the way. Yeah. In this little thing. Yeah. And then you like my T-shirt, Punk. You know. And uh, is I was thinking about this. I, I Punk and Rollins feels like the Rumble title match to me. But if you imagine, if you take the live crowd, the WWE crowd in general, but the live crowds love. I don't think Punk and Rollins. I think that if they've got any sense, sorry, make you think the match that you want to see isn't happening. That's the. The true, not only is that good promotion, it's like Taz Sabu, MGF yeah. Cody, not only is that good promotion in and of itself, but they can cultivate this as this forbidden fruit mm. and give you what AEW couldn't. Yeah. That's the move for me. And it's not necessarily, again, just to be spiteful towards AEW at this point. WWE should just not be thinking about them. Mm. But it's not how they operate, is it? I think it's it's tricky not to tell it at this point because in storylines, which is what we're supposed to invest in, you can't have like you can't have Seth nope the challenge and you can't have Punk say I don't want to fight for the belt so it's a tricky one to, no, you I'm could interested. have Punk no you could have Rollins nope it you, maybe he, you could actually, he's taking yeah. on all comers and he's back yeah, just say you don't deserve any, it. anyone um, I'm not a coward mm. I'm not afraid of you you just don't deserve it yeah maybe win, they, win some matches oh, or, you know that kind of thing yeah I win the rumble win the rumble and it's all yours go a month without making a spectacle of yourself. Yeah. Or something like something that. To, yeah, there is something to it. They could be pissy. Like, remember that six months, the books thing? Yeah. Do that. I. And again, they shouldn't gear all of their storytelling about AEW's history and Punk's, like, inextricable history with it. Because as we saw, this WWE fan base doesn't care. But you can still use, like, good promotional devices to spin off from that. Like, they can have the cake and eat it too here, is basically what I'm saying. If, uh, but again, the biggest if remains the biggest if all along, which is if Punk continues to play ball and like it enough, and that's... Which, again, is its own kind of unique yeah. tension, isn't it? It's like, is this... You can do the Pixar stuff here. You can do jokes. You can tell us absolutely wonderful story mm. that is broad enough for everyone to enjoy, but you can hide some stuff in there that makes it for literally everyone. Well, this is what I was going to say, right? So, like, imagine... WWE's current, the WWE core base plus arena crowds plus everybody's current response to Cody Rhodes, this storming success story of Cody Rhodes' return to WWE. Uh, and in CM Punk, a guy that continues to walk this tightrope and thus bring more fans like back into his orbit if they'd ever even really gone away. Again, a guy that is at the moment kind of bringing together a lot of hardcore fans and WWE fans because of who Punk is. Is there... Royal Rumble face off the perfect inverse to the John Cena Randy Orton one yes. in terms of reaction. Them two framed with the sight. Oh my god, what the one and two? A moment for the ages, isn't it? Like they uh, should do that one and two. Actually, do that. would be bold. Just on this note as well, Punk dropped a little detail in about signing the contract on Raw. And oh my god, tonight's Raw, which we will preview later. It's from it's in the same building he walked. Out yeah, of. Uh, it's cooking sage. 
don't know if you've seen The Bear. It's the second best TV show about chefs because the first one is WWE Brackets General. Uh, back to the ring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's this uh, show over with now. Uh, well, this match was because... So, Charlotte and Asuka, right? There's not much of a match to talk about here, but we'll get on to why that is. So, uh, all of Damage Katara, apart from Bailey, come out with um, Asuka, but Zelina Vega... Uh, Shotzi and me and Meechin have sort of formed an alliance and they've they sort of chased away the rest so that Asuka's got to do this on her own. Um, they just have a, like, start punching and kicking and then we go to a break, SmackDown rolls on yet again with something on the outside, but in this case it's Charlotte's Moonsault, which, I mean, it's Charlotte's Moonsault, what do you want? Even Michael Cole does uh, the old Moonsault? She didn't get all of it. Didn't get all it, of it. We it can't, we can't, it's a wrong week to take the piss. So we come back to the ring and they're both down and selling and hurt and Charlotte seems to have a really bad knee and watching you would think oh maybe that's off the moonsault they've got back in the ring and something's not quite right but then on commentary uh Michael Cole or Kevin Patrick one of them says oh there was a move in the break that's left Charlotte in a really bad way but they don't show you a replay of it and then obviously after the fact we've now seen that they both kind of fall off the top rope Charlotte seems to have really hurt a knee so what happens is we end up just like and I'm assuming this was an audible we just race towards the finish yeah. where Charlotte looking in some pain tries to like bridge for the figure eight Bailey comes out to do the distraction they just go to a roll up instead um, now I assume that was the finish anyway but I wouldn't have thought it would have been after like a five minute match with a roll up I would have thought Bailey doing the distraction yeah. is part of the damage control story you know probably an audible uh, but and again, I, you cannot be a gotcha guy. Nah. Like, please stop this. Please stop this. Charlotte looks in a pretty bad way. It's just, again, maybe I shouldn't be filtering any of my analysis through X and Twitter. That's how worthless an app it is. But you can't say AWs are responsible for allowing oh, Jeff to work hurt. This match should have been yeah. off. And right, if, even if you don't care about it, let's take the social media out of it completely. In general, right? I see a match where one of the wrestlers gets really badly hurt and it's not like, it's not a tweak. I, I, I can run this off, I can run this off. That's a different thing entirely. Like, so many different wrestling matches would just get called off. This is this is clearly a pretty serious injury. And it might be revealed to be okay. Yeah. This is clearly the one that has potential to be a really serious one. And the match, I could not care about the finish of a predetermined mm. Charlotte Flair match on television. And I know I'm being facetious by saying that because I'm not saying she doesn't necessarily have the most uh, up for it. She's a glittering really, TV record. Yeah, she doesn't really give TV matches the old college try. Uh, always. But even if it's like, uh, I don't know, who does? Danielson yeah. gets it, like, call it off. I could not care. I could not care at all. So, ah, didn't get to see the finish of a match that was trending three and a half stars on TV. <laughs> Even if it's five, there's serious injuries. Stop it. Yeah. And I think ultimately they still got their story beat out with Bailey helping anyway. So nothing, uh, nothing was lost. Yeah. Was it, you know? It's not as if the story is so subtle and so over my head that if they don't do that beat on that night, that I would be lost. Yeah. Why are you, what's your problem with Bailey, damaged Katara? Yeah. After everything she's done for you. Yeah. Aye. Uh, we don't know. Yeah, it uh, obviously looks like a problem with the knee. Go on X and you'll see everybody saying she's going to miss WrestleMania so she'll be being back this week. So we'll see. But get well seen if she's obviously injured. Uh, brief interaction backstage with uh, LA Knight and Randy Orton. And the Punk just pops up there as well and he says, good luck, boys. And they're, they're just them two react. Everybody reacting to CM Punk is still goaded. I'm uh, sorry. It's one I'm of those sorry. where like... this is just to harsh your buzz a little bit. I don't know if this is WWE's. If this is WWE's decision, oh, Punk's just going to be the good Lexus King. <laughs> yeah. 
Where he's just all <laughs> over. He's just all over. And now he's a part, even indirectly, even very tentatively, he's a part of every main character's arc. Yeah. Isn't that a bit stupid if it's entirely Triple H's idea? Oh, you know the guy who's notoriously unreliable. His body's not what it was, and he's very prone to volatile suspension warranting behavior. What should do with this unreliable loose cannon who are kind of taking a risk on signing and have him interact with everyone and make people want to see him do everything with every character? That is uncharacteristically naive on your part, Sitch, because on Monday he will sign with Monday Night Raw and then there's going to be no opportunity to interact with the Oh, yeah, yeah, of course, because it's... Raw exclusive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this was his last chance. Seriously, I think I'm being facetious here. Now, is, fair point. Is this punk saying, oh, right, because surely he doesn't have any bargaining and, the, and he said, oh, I've got an idea for what I want to do and then Nick Khan has went, yeah, yeah, I've got some ideas <laughs> about you, what you do when you become a WWE superstar and that's just do what we say. Yeah. Philip? Oh, what do you think of that? What do you think about Philip? And he goes, yeah, I'm going to have to, aren't I? <laughs> Good deal, Nick. I think that's a bit of an error. I mean, ultimately, after the odd interaction on Raw and SmackDown, and the idea is, what's this mercurial Philip Brooks going to do? Or where's he going to yeah. sign? Maybe they'll drop off of this, and I'm overreacting. But I just think it's a bit bold, Cotton, to say, oh, Punk is uh his finger on a lot of pies. It's like he might not have his finger on the WWE pie. I think if I'm uh, Triple H booking CM Punk, I'm going to be worried when the pops run out. So I'll say. Yeah. Uh, but speaking of which, it's not next week because Roman Reigns returns to SmackDown uh, to presumably make some sort of like end of year address and maybe lay out who he's going to face at the Royal Rumble. And that could have been decided in our main event, which Jesus Christ, uh, apparently my favorite kind of wrestling is white hot headlocks because Randy Orton. Oh, it's now this, but I enjoyed it. Randy Orton and LA Knight basically. Every again, WWE tag match you've ever seen in the last few years, except hot. Jesus and Christ. It's got RPO in it, so it's automatically going. <laughs> Jimmy Uso. Uh, is there to be a punching bag for Randy Orton and Ellie Knight, and then Solo Sokoa, now with boots, uh, comes in to make a bit of a difference. Uh, but ultimately... I'm not used to that yet, by the way. What, Solo Sokoa in boots? No. No, it's... Um, it's probably for the best. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, it's it's like, legitimately right. Like, I know like Simone wrestlers traditionally, and it's a bit weird and a bit off, quite frankly, have got the hard heads thing. But like, they're not wrestling boots. I've never got how that isn't a disadvantage. To, like surely they just stand on your feet and then it's like uh, it's not going to hurt as much it's, in it's like I cringe more for watching wrestlers wrestle barefoot than I do like any kind of head drop you can see yeah like whenever they've done like a barefoot wrestler with uh, the um, pins in the ring drawing pins standing on that that's far worse than taking it on your back isn't it yeah uh, anyway so Solo Sko has fixed because we've stood on things we have not yeah, bumped on anything. Relate. Yeah. So Solo has covered himself for having his GCW run, basically now. Yes. He's wearing boots. Um, but I, so he's uh, pretty dominant when he's in there on LA night. But uh, this is all about like the, the baby faces are sort of tagging themselves in to show that like, I'm the best baby face and I want to beat the bloodline up. No, I'm the best baby face and want to beat the bloodline up. But it's only really Jimmy that's, uh, that's getting the beating. Um, you get Orton coming in, hitting a pair of suplexes on him. Knight tags himself back in and then uh, gets a neck breaker on Solo Sokoa, but Jimmy Uso distracts uh, LA Knight and Solo's able to get him with a belly to belly. He goes for the um, like big running Umaga splash into the corner. LA Knight moves out the way, hits a bulldog from the middle rope, and then apparently uh, hot tags in the rock and stone called Steve Austin because Randy Orton arrives on the scene and he's uh, come from space and nobody's ever seen this alien before. He's not the one off the Take Me To Your Dealer posters. How's he, by the way? <laughs> I felt like that. I was that high too watching this. Orton comes in. LA Knight. LA Knight 
does the Chris Hamrick bump and turns it into a drop kick on Solo Sokoa? Where did he get good? Where the freak did that come from? I think it's like he's, he also is listening and is hearing. It's like, I need like uh, four moves. What we got, guys? Yeah, I, I need four moves. People say I need some moves. Um, so Orton is just absolutely battering uh, Jimmy Uso in the ring. Um, he does the he goes out to the floor and he does the uh, the like the sort of the hip toss back suplex thing onto the table where he does, oh, God, I might have broke his back there, but it's a massive pop. Yeah. Everything Orton's doing gets a massive pop. Uh, he rolls Jimmy back in to go for the RKO. Solo breaks that up. Elliot Knight takes out Solo Sokoa uh, and goes for the blunt force trauma on Jimmy, but Randy Orton sort of slithers in before he can do it and nails him with the RKO to take the pin. There's that little moment of, uh, hey, bro, I wanted to win. Well, bro, I wanted to win. Well, at least we're both still bros, right, bro? And they do decide to, like, make nice. And the show goes off the air with just the two of them absolutely kicking ass and being the super baby faces, but in the shadow of Roman Reigns' return next week. It's mad how just over baby faces propel uh, professional wrestling. Who'd have thought it? Like, that was the key with AEW. It's like, oh, you've got Hangman Page. How can he not relate to his struggles in yeah. this day and age? And then you've got Orange Cassidy. He's like, he's not as gotten to, but he has struggles himself. And I'm very tired just like him. There's a <laughs> sort of zeitgeist thing happening with AEW. And now WWE just takes a completely different but no less effective, well, way more effective <laughs> financially approach of let's make our baby faces hot and reap the rewards of selling tickets, getting numbers, and having loud atmospheres and just really fun TV. Like this episode of SmackDown was kind of middling. Mm. And then you get a main event. Happy mood it leaves you in. This, the good version and bad version of everything. The good gentleman's three, this. This, I have, like, I know it always just sounds like I'm being a fawning. I can't believe how much I like Randy Orton. Well, I'm, I know I just always sound like I'm being a fawning Mark, because I am one. But I believe there is a lot, too. And it's not just the babyface pushes. And again, Roman Reigns kind of been a very suitable world champion for this landscape of babyfaces, because it's almost like, we're all having a fun time. The champ's coming back, and one of us has got to beat him. Yeah. And you get to, like, re, like cycle through that over and over again. A big challenge comes when Cody wins that belt. Because how do you flip the same script you've been singing off for all these years? Yeah. I want to watch that. But... Again, I think these buildings are infectious. Honestly, I do. I, like, there's so many like acts that I would want to see or want to be part of enough to draw, and I think it's a lot to do with the crowds. You know, we the um, AW the pictures are what the pictures are when you see the you know there's an NXT one this week. Sometimes buildings are one sided, right? Yeah. But we've been in a building where it's one sided, and it's not just the wrestlers looking at nothing. It's you as well. Aye. And you're sort of like, and the rest of the You're a bit more self-conscious. Yeah. Contrast how we felt it all in compared to that Dynamite taping. Yes, one of them was ostensibly the biggest wrestling show ever. Yeah. But to me, Dynamite was such this, I can't believe I get to see a Dynamite live. That mm-hmm. was just as big to me as a milestone of my wrestling for, for fandom. Brits, we've never had one. Yeah. yeah. To Honestly, going to Vegas to see a Dynamite was, in my mind, as big as going to see All In In mm-hmm. London. Agreed. And we just couldn't feel the same because it's like, oh, there's no one here. Yeah. And, oh, do I look like a dickhead for going wild for, I don't know, a move? Because there's four people on my roll. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, oh, behave yourself. I, I do. I think that, like, all the bit, everything that drives all of this momentum is why wrestling has typically worked this way. When business gets hot, it stays that way for quite a while. Because I do think you are sort of encouraged that you will have a good time if you go to the buildings, you know? Um, and I, Randy Orton and LA Knight certainly gave Dat Troops and all the rest of the uh, the fans in the building that, like, hot conclusion. It mirrored the Raw main events that only now am I starting to get bored of. Yeah. So, like, if, they, if they're just porting that to SmackDown for Bloodline stuff for a while, I'll take it. Uh, we've had punks, we've had troops, we've had over baby faces. This has been the SmackDown review with all this and so much more. Ah, that's Same. his name. That is his name. Indeed. Yeah, it's Nick Aldis. And uh, if you uh, want to get... 
SmackDown catchphrase on X and actually good takes, you can follow Michael Sidgwick at M Sidgwick. Catch me at Michael Hamflit. We'll both be back later on for the Monday Night Raw preview. Uh, the collision review will be in your feeds as we speak. And thank you again for joining us. Until next time, we will see you soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.